0: Hello and welcome to Bank and G. My name is Ben Jones, and we have a special guest today here who graduated from Econ um, from Purdue University. He was previously a banker, and he has some very insightful things about what we call angel investing. Um, as we start today, we're going to welcome here Ben Pigeon.
1: Thank you. excited to be
0: here (laughs) welcome to the show (laughs) hey ben welcome to the show we're going to give a little bit of break so they could do the the music but but you just jumped right in i love it man how you doing today you doing okay i'm doing great all right well we're really happy to to have you here i've learned a couple of really cool things about you i think like all young men we always want to impress the women and we want to meet as many women as possible so we're gonna have to get into that and how you did that in in college because i think that's a great story but um what do you have going for yourself just today? Anything
1: new and interesting today. this week? Uh, no, you know, this week's exciting because we're distributing, like, 900 K1s. Whoa!
2: A, a function What's the, of What's a K-1? <laughs> it,
0: that's like a Christie is number one. Like my wife's name is Christie. Yeah. She's number one. Yeah, sure. A K-1, it's a, it's a, tax, um, it's it's a tax. tax term about ownership on a percentage of ownership. And you have 900 of them because you have some very interesting backgrounds on what you do. And that's why yep. you're here. Yeah. So do we start with the fishbowl, Tony?
2: Oh, the magic fishbowl. magic bowl. Fish I, bowl. I want to apologize in advance for Ben's idea. <laughs> this is Tony's idea.
0: We're going to give you this. You're going to choose one piece of paper out of there. And, and you guys are going to answer,
2: gonna answer it. Whoa, we've
0: got to remember. No, you
1: get to answer Oh, I get to answer Yeah, yeah. Okay. You, so don't pick look, one out there. Don't, don't
0: look. look. Just reach in. Pull don't one look. out. Read nope. it. and No then... cheating. Tell us here. Oh, and we got Tony Petro here too. Uh, I think people should know you right, right about now, right?
2: I, I'm on. I feel like I'm a guest a lot here. <laughs> you are a not. Uh,
0: yeah, you're. I guess you're a guest. Yeah.
2: You're. And, you're and by the way, he said, you know how men are always looking. Guys are always trying to get with lots of girls and whatnot. Only one girl for me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know where that's going, right? That's my sister.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he thinks it's funny when I tell him about. His sister. Oh yes, uh,
0: <clears throat> I, I think it's an uncomfortable laugh. So, what do you got there? What's going on, Ben? I, the, my question is, what makes you feel old? What does make you feel old, Ben? You're a decade <sighs> younger than me, and you're two or three
1: decades younger than Tony. What? What's going on? What makes me feel old? I, you know, when my kids look up to me and say, "What's a telephone, Dad?" Whoa. You know, right? I think that's a good one, right? Do they actually say rotary phone or just telephone? Re- actually, recently they were at their grandma's house and uh, they came across one of those and got a kick out of doing a rodeo phone. A rodeo phone? A rodeo phone. <laughs> yeah! <Yeehaw>! Right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he Tony's about ready to say something. Is this an adult show? It is, but you got to be careful. We're trying Can to make beep it- Can you
2: beat me out? I'm about ready to say something really scary. <laughs> well, let me
0: write it down. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, so
0: you have a telephone is what makes you feel old and um, uh, congratulations on that. Um, but tell us just a little bit about yourself because your current job is quite honestly fascinating. Talks about money. You're into investing and you were a banker before. We'd just like to hear a little bit more about your story how i got to uh vision tech yeah that'd be great like what was your prior job and and why you went to vision tech and what gets you excited about you know vision it's tech?
1: it's funny last week i was i was doing a similar podcast and uh it cool <clears throat> similar but similar not good. But yeah not as good you know tony i i got lucky i feel like it and i you know i i often ask the question would you rather be smart or lucky i yes. think i'd rather have more luck than Amen. smart. Amen. i you know that's just how i how i take it but uh i had uh i had went to purdue for a degree in economics so you didn't start off lucky go ahead no i didn't oh, not oh my gosh
0: <laughs> <That> starts out, <laughs> out of the gate pooh, pooh,
1: pooh. that
2: reminds me uh ben ben jones went to purdue for his first year yeah oh. and then he transferred to iu to finish his degree, and when he transferred, the average IQ went up at both schools. <laughs> <laughs> he uses that every podcast he's on. I'm trying so. to work. It's like it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger's "I'll be back." He wants yeah. to
0: work that into every movie, right? Okay, <laughs>
1: I, that's funny. I've heard the same thing about New Zealanders and Australians. Whoa! And what's man. that? That I. I was at an angel conference, and the same thing happened, actually. These guys were betting back and forth, and you know what happened when- Yeah, but Somebody has... moves from Australia to New Zealand? Yeah, New Zealand to yes. Australia. He, he the
0: can... mighty fighting bird of uh, what do you call ball states. I mean, <laughs> yeah, chirp, I, just chirp. Don't, I just don't feel Fiercest like it's fair. Fiercest Robinson, sized like bird fair. on the planet. Chirp, chirp. <laughs> chirp,
1: chirp. We're going to
0: get you. Chirp, chirp. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: But anyway, go back to your story, Ben. So I uh, <laughs> went into banking, uh, had a lot of fun doing mortgages, and and kind of working my way up the corporate ladder, and then uh, now
2: was this in two thousand six seven, leading up to destroying the economy?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I was. Uh, and you had a
2: lot of fun.
1: I had I had friends doing that, and uh, it was funny yeah. actually. There was a there was a moment in the mortgage industry where I was like, "This is just not sustainable." And I remember a conversation where we um, we were looking up to a top performer. And right. he had just closed a monster month, got a six, huge check, huge check, gigantic check, six
0: figures in one month. Okay, yeah.
1: and uh, and then on Monday, I remember saying, "Oh, I, I wonder what this guy did this weekend." Let's, you know what what did he do? And what did he do? I said, "Hey, Mike, what'd you do?" Uh, I I got each one of my four kids a four wheeler, and we all we just. Tore up the yard the whole weekend long, and I'm thinking to myself, "This is just not sustainable. Like how how is it possible that you just you could blow it all?" And I I didn't ask them how much they were or any of those details, but I just I thought to myself, "This is just not sustainable in in the industry." And then how much longer until it kind of fell apart? Uh, it it took another. Five years after that, wow! So, so he that was Grisha really for early, quite a while, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember telling my wife in Chicago
0: that uh, we were driving downtown, and I go, I don't understand how all these buildings could go up. When people coming into Chicago was moderate, not even like you know excessive, and you have like three or four times the number of units going up, and I said something's wrong, and she always reminds me of that. She goes, "You remember when you said that? That was like the start of the end." And I thought, "Hey, I feel so smart." Just out
2: of
1: balance, right? It
0: was out of balance. You
2: jinxed it. You jinxed everything. I
0: did jinx it. Sounds like Ben jinxed it. Jinxed it five years early. And yeah. uh, and so you just like did these mortgages. You're working at the bank, kind of enjoying it. But did
1: yeah, you... and then I I I went back to school, got my MBA from Kelly School of Business at IU okay. at IU with the intention of getting out of banking. <laughs> Not everybody knows where that is. <laughs>
0: wow, it's the number one MBA school for public universities. But yeah, so cool. That's okay.
1: Yeah. And uh met a, a professor by the name of Todd Saxton. I'm I'm channeling Todd Saxton through this beard today. Okay. He's good great strategy professor, good guy. Okay. And uh through through Todd I got involved with the Venture Club of Indiana. And um met oscar morales one of the, what, what's the venture club i was is? gonna say what mm-hmm.
0: for people you know that are just learning about money What what is a venture club
1: yeah venture club of indiana is a 30 year old organization that's been around for you know 30 years, 30 years? <laughs> <laughs> um, you could tell he went to iu <laughs> yeah. yeah oh no this is gonna be the whole the whole way chirp chirp go ahead <laughs> uh, you know it was uh it it, it Back in the 80s, it was kind of the, the place that you went for deal syndication in Indianapolis. It was a, a deal sharing platform where people got together and heard pitches. And So when you to start
0: talking about deal syndication and hearing pitches, you're talking about people that have an idea of a company and normally have already started something, right? And they're saying, hey, I'd like to get some money put together and will anybody invest in me? Right, yep. And so they come to the venture club and they tell you or give you the pitch on what their company is all about, where they're headed, which industry they're going to be in, how much money they're going to make and all these crazy stuff,
1: right? Yeah. How big the market is, what the management team looks like, what the opportunity looks like, why would somebody buy their company after commercialization. Exactly. So if you got into something like
0: Amazon, like when it was starting in the venture club, let's because that's what happened with Amazon, they got a lot of venture rounds. Then if you got in early, you if you hit the right one, like a unicorn, you could mm-hmm. make an absolute ton of money, right? Yes. So people are coming to you, giving you pitches. You're sitting around talking about it. And then what's what's
1: going on with you? So then you raise money and you might take on a board seat. Somebody writes a big enough check. So you're saying at the club, you guys had enough money to invest? there In the early in, – in, there's – Eras, right? Right, where, where you go through periodic changes. In the late '90s, the internet bubble came along, and all this stuff started moving online. Okay, so uh, Venture Club had to kind of repurpose in the late in the early 2000s into a uh, you know what's the what's the purpose and function of the club, right? And it, it's still uh, throughout the you know the years, it's kind of been the spot where you go for local deal syndication and what's going on. Get a, a little bit of sense of what the investor is looking for from a a, a deal uh, – not just a deal flow, but what, what's the state of the economy locally doing and what are the local deals? Uh, who are the local investors? It's it's very investor-focused right now and it's it's kind of turned into something that's a lot stronger than it was uh, historically. So for the venture club – it, it sounds
0: like something where the investors want to be part of the venture club. Yeah. Right. They're ready to write a check. Then you have people, maybe a little bit more like you, which you're kind of getting out of your MBA. You're trying to learn stuff. Right. Yep. Maybe you don't have the ability to write big checks to get invested in some of these companies. Yep. But you're hearing about it and now you're learning about it. And Tony, that's how'd you get like excited about venture, venture capital, and angel? What, what? What happened to you? Because he, he sounds like he was interested in it. He just got his MBA. And now he's hearing about it, getting in the network. Like, what happened?
2: Yeah, I, you know, when, just because I just had my business going for so long, and then eventually sold most of it. And I was like, man, this was really cool, you know, a cool journey. How can I help other people do that? And uh, I think I said it last time. I was like, you know, when I started my company, I, I didn't have any qualms about working 80 or 100 hours a week. I was a computer nerd. You can code all night long. Uh but, like, now, it's like after I got through my business, I'm like, I want to I back people like that that have that kind of drive and that urge. How do you, how do you find people who are starting up that want to work their butts off and really go for it? And so you had the cash,
0: so you were looking at a place to put it, but you also had this thing where you thought you could give some value as well.
2: Yeah, that, you know, coaching, mentoring, advising. Like, uh, uh, there were several times big companies tried to take advantage of us even during the deal and, like, to, to know what to watch out for. Hey, guys could be very I'd helpful. Help, I'd love to invest with you. I'd love to mentor you a little bit. And I'd like to help you when they come and try to do those little death by a thousand cuts things they do during a deal. Right, right. Yeah.
0: So now you're getting interested in it. You, I, It sounds like you're pretty pretty excited about it. You're hearing all these new pitches, which for anybody out there who's ever been to a pitch night, it's crazy and it's cool, right? It's not like crazy stuff's going on, but if you're interested in new ways of doing things and new ways of solving actual issues where you could make money, the pitches are really
1: cool. Right? Really? I, I, have, I have a story that I'll share a little bit later about the, um, a, I would call it a gold to lead moment. Where, Wait, that's where, backwards. Yeah, it, it goes the other way. So it's just a little bit of foreshadowing. It, it didn't turn out the way.
2: We've never had foreshadowing. oh <laughs>
1: See, that's the Purdue and IU thing
2: that's going on. Wow,
0: the combination. <laughs> you can't really say that about Ball State. Hey, it's foreshadowing like, what?
2: is usually going forward. <laughs> Purdue to IU is like you know. going backwards. <laughs> I hear where you go with that. Uh, always a jam in there. Hey, uh, No, but the, the interesting piece was is Ben was president of Venture Club. Yeah. and So you got to you got to get up in front of the people and talk and run the show and there's a bit of uh performing going on there right you like to you got to like to be in front of people and you, you got a background in performing don't you i do okay
0: we're here <laughs> we even hit hit it <laughs> full throttle so you liked girls when you were going to college sure. right yeah. and then you decided to do what now we're completely off investing just want to let everybody know out there <laughs> if you're no, ready this is, to- this is part-
2: that was foreshadowing, Ben. Oh, that, that was foreshadowing. Yeah. Yes, we're coming back to the performance, the pitch, the right? pitch. Okay, okay. the but pitch.
1: Give it to us, Ben. Pitch. What, what are we? Are we talking about ballroom dancing by chance? Whoa, whoa. Yes. How did you?
2: Yeah. I think oh my so. gosh. How did you know what I was thinking? So we have to. We have to cut and edit a picture ding, in here. Ding, 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 we're, yeah, have so a piece of the video. We got a little video. You
1: should. Well, so pull in something from like True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger Tango, I just
0: watched that right? yesterday.
1: Or Al Pacino and Scent yes. of a Woman, Scent I'll of be back. One, you know. I'll be back and I'll do the Tango, right? <laughs> so, thinking, hey, if these big macho guys can do it, surely I can. And, and don't call
2: me Shirley. Yeah, don't that's call... right.
1: Oh, great movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you decided to do some ballroom so,
1: dancing. Yeah. Any good? Yeah, we had we had some fun. I I started doing it. I tried out for the team, and and there's a team. There's a team at, at Purdue called the Purdue Ballroom Dancing Team, and I I joined it. And you used to be a wrestler, like you used to like uh, grab guys for um,
0: for some fun, and now you're like you're you're thinking maybe I could dance with some women. This yeah. one might be a lot more fun, less sweaty, yeah. smells better. And yeah. what happened?
1: Just a little bit. So I ended up winning smells a smells better. A, uh, Trust me, I, I was a wrestler. Coll- Collegiate national championship in 1999. Woo-hoo! Five dance event. Wow! Yeah. And what were your five dance events? Uh, cha cha, rumba, swing, mambo, and bolero. Rumba, cha cha. Wow. Rum, rum, I'm saying but... (laughs)
2: rumba,
1: Uh, cha cha rumba, 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 cha cha rumba, rumba
2: cleans your floor. That's right. Mamba? rumba messes up. Mambo,
1: yep, bolero and bolero. Yeah, man, that is
0: something totally out from left field. Tony, go.
1: uh, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Did he do that? Where's he at? Did he do
2: the mamba there in the air?
1: I don't know. I never saw that. They did. Yeah, yeah. That's.
0: That's, so you uh, are Michael
1: Keaton, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, don't that, say
2: it three times. That's right. I will.
0: National Collegiate um, Ballroom Dancing. That's pretty five
1: bad. dances. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I would have never figured you for that. A lot of, a lot of practice, a lot of work. Yeah. You know, three three hours. And, Tell us know.
2: about your hair. Yeah, <laughs> and I had blonde-tipped hair, of
1: course. Right? Like, <laughs> you know, right? I know you mentioned that a couple times. I you must have really he sent had sent a picture tipped.
2: from, what, 20 years ago or something? It, it was. It was 20 years he ago. He sent me a picture. He's like, Look, like, I He's believe like what hey, I found. guys, to be an Oscar. <laughs> hey, guys, 20 years ago. And I'm like, who is that dude? He's like, I'm like, that the blonde hair Oh, my God. That's you, Ben.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Without a beard, blonde hair, and really tight pants. Is yeah. that what you wear when you no, do a No, I think I had, I had a, I
1: had a, a vest sequins. down here. You could see no chest hair, but it was there. No chest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no chest hair. There was one of them. So. Right. There's
2: one. <laughs> so This guy this guy grows a beard in like three days. So I'm assuming, oh, he? I'm assuming he looks like a grizzly bear when you take his shirt off. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> uh-huh. That's inappropriate right there. <laughs> so you went ahead
0: and won in 1999, but yeah. you go to... I- you get your MBA and now you're at the Venture Club and you're the president so you're getting up there you're talking about this stuff you're you're probably doing a great job
1: right because you're a well-spoken guy intelligent and so it was a blast so we we were planning for the innovation showcase that year and uh, Governor Mike Pence was going to be there so Uh,
0: what's an innovation showcase what's that mean
1: innovation showcase is kind of like a showcase of all the local talent all on one stage where we would bring in 20 companies to pitch for uh, I think at that time we were doing one pitches gotcha so then mike pence
0: who was the previous what do you call governor's
1: it? governor uh, yeah. <laughs> who was the vice
0: president right
1: uh not at that point. not at that time. so no, no, so no. this was all in the works this was in like june where we're um we're planning out the event in the venue and pence's security detail is dominating the time of of the people that we need to meet with Gotcha. So I was talking to Oscar and- Who's uh, the guy you met who later becomes part of VentureTech. Go ahead. Yeah. So Oscar Vision founded, founded VisionTech in 2009. And so I you know, I, I knew that Oscar had sold his company uh, six months prior. It was all over the news, sold for $130 million for uh, to Brooks Automation. And I didn't know anybody that had sold their company for that much. That, that's a big number. That's a big number. So I said, Oscar- How's life? <laughs> what? What's, what's it like, look well, like? You know... I was really stressed for a while.
0: <laughs> I paid but, thir- right, right now. Or I right paid now? more in taxes last year than you're going to make in your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I fall under that too. I mean, thirty million bucks is he must easily yeah. like paid in tax. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So, uh, so then uh, he he said, "Oh, it's great. I I got a Tesla. We put everything on it.
2: Oh, he, he did. did. He yeah? does have a Tesla, and that thing has got ludicrous mode on it. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. It'll it'll go. And- uh, side story. Uh, he's like." I met him for coffee. My, my wife and I were out for dinner or whatever. And she's getting a little Starbucks. Hey, meet me. My car's over there. I'll take you for a ride my car. So she's in the back seat. I'm in the passenger seat. And he's like, now, hang on. I'm going to show you this ludicrous mode thing, right? And so my wife's in the back seat with a fresh Starbucks coffee. <laughs> oh, not a good <laughs> he idea. Launches, he launches this thing. Bloop. Oh, oh, all down her shirt, huh? Oh, uh, no. I was impressed, though, because that thing's fast.
0: Oh, it is. <laughs> Your head goes back. It pulls over a G. You know that? I did not know that. It pulls that. over a G. And it costs on over 100 round. G. Yeah. And it costs over 100
1: Gs. Does that hurt the battery life on the Tesla? When you hit it? No. Uh, no? Not that I know of. No way. And the, the remaining life of it? No. Oh. All right. All it does is it
0: transfers the electricity to the motors and it just goes fast.
2: So I think it transfers a little bit more electricity. May, well, maybe, you're right. So, oh, so the charge for the day, you just go back and plug it in and boom. Think, there you yeah, go. sure. So Oscar said, "I." and then I'm- Wow, but we digress. I That's right. So let's get so back, let's to, get back to the story because I think Enough it's Enough about Tesla. Let's talk about Ben. <laughs> yes. Go, Mr. Pigeon, <laughs> back to you.
1: So, and then he said, I'm, I'm planning this trip to Southeast Asia and uh, I've been looking forward to this since I sold my company because one of my investors said that if I return his money- he'll take me on a six-week six week vacation to Southeast Asia. So I returned his money, and we're planning this trip, and I'm looking forward to it. So when's the trip? That's awesome. It's September. Okay. And we're in June, July. So I'm listening to these stories of travel and, and kind of what's going on, and I say, Oscar, who's watching after Vision Tech? And he said, well, it's funny that you say that. We're hiring our first executive director. You should meet Tony
2: Petrucciani. And that's how I met Tony. Wow, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Because he said, who's running vision Oscar's like, not Tony. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly.
0: (laughs) So they're looking for somebody. So he looks at Has some background,
1: maybe understands
0: finances would be a huge plus, if not absolutely required. Yeah,
1: so Oscar's selling it to me. It's probably, you know, it's, it's... kind of similar to being a banker probably a little bit you know you got to do these due diligence reports and talk to investors and would you have any interest I said well, yeah sure let me let's talk a little bit more and what are the roles and responsibilities expectations and and uh I got to meet Tony and and we went back and forth a little bit and and I decided to join on we had our our uh third child that august um,
2: Not not me and Ben. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. And know. his wife.
1: <laughs> was, My wife. And, yeah. <laughs> of course not.
2: And <laughs> vision tech, you know, you
0: didn't really explain what vision tech was all about. And we know what that is. But vision tech is, is really, what, angel investing. Yeah. And so it's- Maybe you can just explain it better than I can. So,
1: angel investing is the process of making an investment into an early-stage company that's trying to commercialize a an idea. So they've they've got a service or a product or maybe a early on mm-hmm. hasn't been overwhelmingly
0: successful, but has a good idea, is making some traction, and you guys go ahead and help
1: invest, but also help guide them too, right? Yes, absolutely. So once you write a check, you've got to make sure that you. Know which way the company's going, what decisions are being made, and uh, try to guide them in a way that's productive and, and creates value. So, so that...
2: some of them want guidance. Some help. Of, <laughs> some of them want guidance. Some of them. I, I don't want to feel cheap here, but some of them just want the money. Right, but that but you can it's kind see of like
0: that. dating. Yeah, some of them want Wait, one thing what? out of it. <laughs> I think
2: when you're dating sometimes they just want the money?
0: No. Well, no, they just want like certain things, but they don't want everything. Hey, let's keep it above the table. Okay? I thought I
2: was. I was trying to keep <laughs> it
0: really high. But Tony, you you got involved with it with Oscar, but you're also involved in what 50 companies?
2: Ish, yeah. We talked about it last Maybe time. Maybe a little
0: more now. So you really like to help because you know and I've had many a conversations, but did that draw draw, you know, you to Vision Tech like it's not just the money, it's really the helping and the money and trying to help these companies succeed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I, I'll tell you what really attracted me was was this idea of talking to founders, brilliant people every right. day, learning about new markets and mm-hmm. how they're approaching it and what their critical thought is of of breaking down a certain problem and and how they've quantified a problem. Pulling that's that kind of pulls you in. I mean, it's it's very much like Shark Tank. If you like hearing visionaries, that, that's what I got out of it. If you like hearing these
0: guys that sit there or ladies or whatever, sit there and talk to you about, this is how I'm going to revolutionize yeah. the world. And once you hear some of those pitches, it's pretty amazing stuff. A lot of passion. A lot of passion, but looking at a problem so differently. Yeah. I remember what was it, listeria, and trying to solve the problem with disease and vegetables. Yeah. And how they were going to do that. Or or the guy that, like, if you're at a NBA game, he can feed you data to your either your smartphone or your iPad if you're sitting out in the crowd and all kinds of commercials and stuff. Yeah. And, but it's just like this very different way of looking at the world. And I find it fascinating. I feel like I'm just a little closer to greatness when I hear that. I know I know that's kind of crazy. Not next to you guys, but no, like but the guys. I,
2: I, no, you're right, though. But you could be involved with a company that does something incredible. And you're like, I knew them when I was an early investor, I was an early advisor. Mm -hmm. uh, Or, you know, I like Ben does this a lot. He works with these. These teams come in and they pitch, and he's like, you need to do this, you need to consider this, what's your answer for that? And then they go back and iterate, and then by, by the time they pitch, they actually get money where they wouldn't have if they wouldn't have listened to his advice early.
0: Because they're giving better data, right? They're yeah. doing a presentation that resonates with the investors because they want to know how they're going to get their money back, right? Yeah. And so when you, when you help them, that is significant because if a company doesn't have enough money to actually grow... And to keep going, then they're dead in the water, right? Yeah.
1: Got to live to fight another day.
0: You have to live to fight another day. That's true. Now, Tony, you told me one time that one of the reasons you wanted to do it, and, and I don't have these statistics right, is that in the Midwest, they create, and I'm just making this up, uh, 30% of the ideas, but only about 15% of the capital comes from the Midwest to support those ideas.
2: And Ben, and ben and knows I can't these remember. I, yeah,
0: I'm throwing them out, but but it was, the whole idea is that there was this disconnect between the ideas that are generated and the amount of capital in the Midwest that supported it. So,
1: what you going to say? I I don't have those numbers on the top of my head, um, but generally, a lot of the capital flows to the coasts, right? You think of East think and of West, like, right? East and West. New York and, and California are really the main hubs of where the majority of capital is invested. Right. There's a trend though that the Midwest and, and other regions are starting to see more a little bit more traction, but you know, as a as a percent as a just a pure dollars going into Midwest deals and, and other areas, we we're, we're there's a misalignment. Oh, absolutely. More and I, ideas come out than they're funded. Go ahead. And I, I, I would argue that the Midwest is a great spot to put capital because we we could be more capital efficient. I mean, just look at the, the cost of office space in any one of those locations on the coast, New York or, or San Francisco versus what you could operate here. You know, a, a million dollar round out there might last you six months million-dollar round in, in Indianapolis could last you 24 months, I would argue. And we talked
0: about, like, when we talked to Kobe, he, he made the um, discussion that if he stayed on the West Coast, he would burn through. It's like there was some, like, crazy statistic that he had. It's like the square footage out in San Francisco, I, I'm making this up, was $200 a square foot, but in Indianapolis it was like $12 or something, yeah. and he could make it last so much longer. And people who were in the Midwest, you would be paying, well, what do you think, 200 for a good like programmer on the West Coast, but you could get somebody great here for eighty or ninety, whatever it was. Yeah,
2: Something. I mean, there's a there's, there's this just a difference. Complete, uh, yeah, difference. I mean, we we used to compete a lot in the Midwest against Chicago. Like we we lost a developer from Indianapolis. He moved to Chicago because he wanted to get you know he was getting like a fifteen or twenty percent pay raise. But, but I was telling, <laughs> I was trying to tell him, uh, hey, the cost of living is going to eat that all up. Because yeah, but I just want to be in Chicago. Well, for some people, that's yeah, true. So that so that works, but but you look at what San Francisco is—you know, for living, crazy cost, uh, li- the living expenses, is crazy. And so I think you're seeing several companies that are opening hubs here, because we've got great schools like IU and Purdue and. Paul State, <laughs> turp, and, uh, Rose Holman. I mean, you got a lot of places where we can get technical developers. that will come in, and they, it's it's cheaper to live here. They're going to be educated as well at school. I, I know there's like this. Oh no, uh, you know uh, this, this is a better school or whatever. But right. you, you're getting these you're getting these people that can uh, that want to be. They're from the Midwest. They got good solid values, and they don't want to they don't want to pay four thousand dollars a month to live in an apartment. Right. And so then they don't have to you don't have to pay them as much. Not that they're not worth as much, but it's like you know.
0: We're, There's just a difference in the saving, cost of living. You're saving the difference.
2: Cola. And so
0: you get involved with um, Vision Tech. You meet Oscar. Uh, you and you and Oscar started Vision Tech, or did you come on later? I or came
2: on just as so he Oscar actually started under the name of Stepstone. Steps down, okay. Uh, and then, uh, then he had some partners in that, and they were kind of reaching the end of their program, and they wanted to go a different direction. And so he took this, he took all of the stuff he was doing. And he said, "I need a couple new investors. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rebrand as Vision Tech." And that was 2014. And I just so happened I had a connection with a couple of people that brought me into meet Oscar. I ended up meeting Oscar, and that was a time when I was trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up, uh, which I haven't started. I haven't started that yet but uh, so that yeah so 2014 I got involved that was six years ago December I think is when I joined
0: so you guys started to do like lots of pitches and you started to look and deal flow is the number of companies that want to talk to you right yep and how much money did you guys raise in 2014 or did you were you guys 10 20 I can't remember no we
2: no no it was uh, there was a smaller group of members uh, they did invest really big in one one company. Orthopediatrics was kind of their big thing. Uh, there was a heavy flavor from Warsaw, Indiana, which is the orthopedic right. capital of the world. That's right. And so they were investing in some more med med device type stuff. MDD. And then they went into uh, when when you know when I got involved, it was kind of like, hey, we got you know cloud software is getting really big, SaaS model stuff. And so we kind of we still do forty percent life science, but sixty percent is more. Mm-hmm other business, mostly technology. And so it's a it's a little bit different game. So we we've gotten to a point where I think last year we raised a little over
1: we invested a little over three million. Three point one million into fifteen companies. See? So okay. so the there there there's an era right before Tony joined, there were ten companies that received about two okay, and a half million dollars. Okay and one company had one that, investor that's that from pretty,
2: that's from 2009 to 2014 ish. Yeah, Early it was two and a half 14. million. Yeah. Two and
0: a half million. So not huge numbers, right? Not especially
1: not for an angel fund or a fund. But go ahead. No, and I think the philosophy back then was, you know, ten companies should get you enough diversification.
0: Now, can you can? And I want to get back to that, but can you tell me when you invest in companies, you're investing in a pool, right? And you're you're thinking about that pool. If it's 10, one of them or two of them are going to go to Zippo, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, what is kind of Ooh. the mindset? I wish it would that... be good. Actually, that's, you that's know what?
1: That that's where we're at, though. <laughs> yeah, When we're our numbers are right there. We're we're. So tell us, can you tell? But that's not bit of the numbers. That's not average.
2: Like the ACA and Kaufman Foundation. Some of the groups have studied like big, like thousands, hundreds, thousands of investments over fifteen, 15 or twenty years. Yeah. They're showing that, like, 50% or more go to zero. So hold
0: on. Let's, let's just backtrack, and I'm going to get right back yeah. to you. So for the, the people that are listening, they're sitting there going, now, you actually invest in it, meaning, like, you can throw money into the fund, which has a number of people who throw money in, and then you decide which ones are good ones to invest in. Then you could say, hey, you're listening to all these pitches. Are there any of them that you would like to invest in directly? and then you can write like a $2000 check or 5 or 50 or whatever but in the fund you take a very methodical approach to it and you say hey
1: Go ahead. Well, so let's let's reframe a little bit on on how Vision Tech works. Please. So, so Vision Tech is a group of about 120 accredited investors,
0: and an accredited investor means they make enough money that if they lose 20 grand, they're not going to go absolutely poor and live in the poorhouse, right? Yep. So accredited investor is a very specific term, and um, more and importantly, they're
2: out. not going to sue anybody.
0: Right. Okay. They're not going to sue anybody.
1: <laughs> right. Like I believe that.
2: Okay. Back to you, <laughs> maybe, Ben Pigeon. Maybe, yeah.
1: <laughs> so you so, got these so accredited then, investors. So we've 120 got this. We've got hundred and twenty accredited investors. We have a process that we go through, and I I will affectionately refer to my investors as volunteer check writers. Okay, so they have to follow a deal through the process, indicate a level of interest, indicate some sort of line of questioning around what they'd like to see answered in a due diligence process, all the way to publishing it and consuming, reading a due diligence report, and then deciding to write a check. So you've got all these people. You got somebody that says, "I got this great new idea."
0: They give you lots of information. These people will read that information, will ask questions because. They may be pessimistic or they may just have questions like, I'm not really sure how you can raise 500 cattle uh, every week or whatever, some crazy question, then you want to go ahead and investigate that. You do due diligence where you look at the information, ask questions, and then when you get to the end of it, you kind of make a decision, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, this sounds like a good idea. And
1: at that point, people will or will not write checks correct they have a choice yeah absolutely so it's a volunt- it's not a traditional fund there's a lot of funds out there where you have an investment committee that gets together hears a pitch does due diligence and then votes and then you write a check and then dollars. you write a check for 100,000 or 500,000 or some dollar amount or, or they might that fund might even um, set the terms of the investment right negotiate we're we're typically not the group that will set the terms but we'll we'll be the one that tops off the round typically Gotcha. But
2: but that, that the concept of a fund is you're committing so much money ahead of time. You're like, hey, I'm going to put 100000 in this fund, 50000 whatever.
0: And that's a lot of money for people over four that we're years. talking to. But... Maybe,
2: maybe it's over three or four years. And I don't get a say in anything where you invest. I'm just going to trust you guys. Mm-hmm. And then the Shark Tank side, which is what really we do, is – you go look at them, and you go, "I want in" or "I want out." And instead of just picking based off of watching a show for 15 minutes, right? They, you know, Ben runs a tough due diligence process. A lot of times, it's 40 hours or more of investigation from sales and product, technology, legal. Uh, I mean, uh, the whole deal publishes that report, and then people say, "I'm in," and it could be as small as a twenty five hundred dollar check. We've got some people that write a $100,000 check. It's it's not the typical thing where you think people are just writing a million or $2 million checks at our level. And then we, we put those all together. But, now, but you make your own decision on every deal, and you might do one a year. And you
0: you lock up the money, meaning when you write a check, this is a new company, and it doesn't turn over in six months or a year. Mm-mm. So what I mean by locking up the money is you write a check, and you put it out there and it's for five, six, seven, eight
1: years. Yeah, average hold periods around four and a half years. Um, I've talked to other angel investors that have had returns in nine months. Uh, I've also talked to investors that have had 10 years to wait. So you don't have a liquidity event. A liquidity event is something that generates cash that returns back to the investor. And those liquidity events are either an IPO or maybe, maybe some so
0: public offering on a New York stock exchange
1: right? or another exchange. Go ahead. Or another company acquiring them for cash or you get, maybe you get stock in that next company that makes the acquisition. Man,
0: you guys look so good. I want to acquire you because you're going to be a bolt-on to what I'm doing that's really going to make my company explode. So I'm going to give you X amount of dollars mm-hmm. or stock or whatever other item. Now, the angel investing thing that makes it great different than venture capital is that the angel is like an angel that helps you and guides you and provides advice in order that you can get to an exit, meaning somebody acquires you or you go for an IPO. And so angel investing is very different. And I, I, I like it because you get to watch it grow and that's pretty cool. Give advice and then at the end of the day, you get to participate in like that growth and that's pretty cool. Yeah. So so now you've got this company, you got Vision Tech, you're a part of two and a half million dollars, you join, you raised additional monies. C- can I ask how big the fund is
2: nowadays?
1: Um well, we we don't have a fund. We've been talking about launching a
2: fund. Maybe we should talk about that. Well, that's I mean the total money. So when, the total money that the you total guys invested. So when Vision Tech came in, we we had we had invested a little over two. What was it? Two Yeah, a half million. Two and a half million. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're at over twenty one million now. Right. Yeah. So in the last six years, it's more and it's more grown people substantially. Yeah. I mean, each of the last couple of years, we've invested more than two and a half million in just a year. Right. Right. Uh, and and it's interesting how you start getting some success and it snowballs. And now people, uh, we're getting better companies, kind of deal flow, they call it, but we're getting More better opportunities. And better companies. And better companies. And then, um, and then, and Ben kind of made reference to it here a second ago, but sometimes we get to lead the negotiation because we're going to write such a big check that we get to actually negotiate on the terms. Exactly. Like a lot of times they'll go like, you know, you've seen it on there. I'm, I'm going to sell 10% of my company for a million dollars. And they're like, that means your company's worth ten million dollars. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so how much yeah. were your sales last year? Six thousand <laughs> yeah, dollars. they're like know. no. But so what happens is you have to you have to actually guide them and advise them, and and you got to get to a point where it's a good number because they're probably going to raise multiple rounds. So the next round, every round needs to go up and to the right. You know, so if we raised a round, well, what do you at mean about, by up and to the right? Like on a chart, if you were looking at a chart. Right, so we say up and to the right, which is probably this way for the camera. Right. <laughs> um, so if if I sold some percentage of my company and my company is worth three million today, then t- then when I sell it next year and we raise more money, it needs to be worth more than three million. Right. Maybe five million. Then the next time is like ten or fifteen million. And it keeps going up. Uh, the dreaded what they call down round is horrible because now you're selling a bigger your company at a lower price, and all the earlier Ouch. investors are getting hammered. Like, right. Like lo- hammered, meaning. They're worth so much less. They're losing money and they can't get out because these are highly illiquid. Liquidity is I can't go on the stock market and sell the shares.
0: Yeah. So when they're illiquid, like I always explain it, that liquid, like water, it flows easily. So when you're talking about something that's liquid, uh, especially from a financial perspective, the money flows easily. If you want to sell it. It's easy to sell it. But if it's illiquid, it does not flow easily.
1: It's like a chunk of rock, right? And you're trying to sell it and you got to sit there and wait and wait and wait and wait. How many buyers are out there? How many sellers are out there? And the quantity of buyers and sellers determines how liquid something is. Yes. And, you know, when we start talking about um, angel investing
0: or venture, you you lock up your money for a while. Um, And if you're even interested in such a thing, you're looking for a fund or a group that offers the ability. To write smaller checks because we all know they're willing to take bigger checks, but if you're trying to get in and and you like this and you like hearing about new companies, which I loved, I mean, did you you like it, right, Don Tibet?
1: I, I do actually, and I, I the the line of thought that we're going down. I, I want to make a just a really good point here, and that is we only really like much, good points. I don't know how much time we have here, but keep going. Um, you know, you could do this alone. You could absolutely – if you're an angel investor and accredited, you could do it alone. You could write a check for $25,000. That's probably the smallest check that you could write if you did it alone. Right. Part of the issue with that is that you usually aren't going to – that's not a size of a check that you get to negotiate terms. It's also probably not a size of a check that will allow you to get something called major investor definition, which would qualify you for information rights. So you want to know what's going on Infor- in the company? Information rights give you a right to get into the company financials, find out what's going on on a periodic basis. And um, a twenty five thousand dollars check probably isn't enough to get you there. Usually, we see that around a hundred thousand, maybe fifty thousand, depending on the sa- size of the company and where they're at in commercialization. We've seen them as high as uh, as five hundred thousand. But
2: yeah, it- two fifty to five hundred. Like, uh, if you're putting that much in a early stage company, you you get a lot of rights, and you can. Right. You can tweak the terms, but if you're writing a check, I know it sounds like a lot. Twenty five thousand as an individual, but a company that's raising a million bucks, they're like it's two and a half percent. It's a lot more work. I I don't want to spend all my time talking to these these investors that invested two or three percent of my company. I need to take care of the big guys who're writing a check for twenty five percent. Right. And those are the ones that are going to help me more. Right. It's going to be more meaningful. Like this, if I wrote a check for ten grand, which is a lot of money, but out of a out of a two million dollar raise or a million dollar raise. Not so it's, much. It's not so much. And then if I'm squawking at them all the time, like, hey, I want to know what's going on. How much uh what was your expense on your rent last month? I want to know. Like that will distract the the founders so much from hitting their goal, achieving their goals. We so we try to we try to protect them. So like with VisionTech, we end up taking the manager role. And so whether there's a board seat or a board observer seat or just information rights. We get that, and then we sh- we send it to our investors, which we might have forty people invest in a in a in a company, and then we we insulate that founder. So so
0: the founder only talks to one person, and instead of ten thousand, ten thousand, twelve thousand, whatever, you have two hundred, three hundred, mm-hmm. half a million, whatever it is. And
2: then Ben knows how to talk to these guys. He's talking to all. He speak the guys, same and, gals, and he speaks their language, and he says, look. You're going to raise another round, and we need to get this information from you so I can present it to our investors so that they'll invest in the next round. And we're going to make this, we're going to helpfully make this easier. So So he knows how to smooth it. Whereas somebody who's like really worried about their 10 grand and they're calling all the time and pestering this person really, and then all of a sudden maybe they get them mad, they don't want to talk. It's like you don't need that.
1: No. And and the other thing that happens too is if you do it alone, the, the kind of the flip side of that is. Do it alone, and a year goes by, and you have no idea where the company's at. You right. haven't received any updates. They're not really protected. They're, they're out there. They're on not their own. really right. They're the maybe the company's used that investment of twenty five thousand dollars of precious money. I mean, that's that's a lot of money for some people. Yes, absolutely.
0: Right. Um and but we're really trying to open people's minds here to like the different types of
1: investment stuff that's going on. And angel investing is very cool. So. And, and so 11 months go by and the founder comes back and says, oh, it was great. This is all the stuff that we learned. And our original hypothesis was completely wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know that. And if you don't write a $50,000 check, we're going to shut down the company in the next two weeks. It, and, and that's why, especially when we're talking about investing, this is a very
0: um, risky proposition. If you don't have one help and if you don't know what the heck you're doing and you don't have deeper pockets, it could get really dicey. So we're not saying, hey, invest in angel funding or venture capital. We're just saying there are different ways to invest, but they have different risks associated with it. Yep.
2: So So Ben has to not only kind of manage all of our investors, and we've had nearly 200 people write checks over the years so he's got 200 people asking him questions so when you have a k1 of 900 that makes sense yeah and then and then he's got to go wrangle all the founders some of which want to talk to us some of some of them are like killing it and they just love telling us stuff and some of them miss stuff and they don't want to talk to us so he, he's got he's got a lot of different conversations to have yep it's
1: Com- t- you know it's not fun to have difficult conversations right but they got to happen yeah, yeah, you you definitely have to ha- have have those. <laughs> I
0: mean, I mean, a- every company out there isn't just crushing it all the time. You know, mm-hmm. they're having stumbles and Tony, we talked about you having your stumble. I've had stumbles along the way, and if it was always up, then this wouldn't be risky whatsoever. Yeah. So if you had 10 companies, you were talking about the fact that a couple of them may go to zero.